Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Six Feet Under. Today, we're playing a bonus feat for you of Ooh. a game called Beam Saber that recently funded on Kickstarter. Congratulations. Yeah, I backed it. I don't know about all y'all, but I backed it. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for this one. The preview draft that we've been playing with is pretty neat, even if it is like 300 million pages. <laughs> it puts them to good use. Yeah. There's a lot in there, and I can't read, so it was hard, but I got through it. <laughs> so, I'm your GM today, I am Gnome, uh, and with me, I have Grant. Hello, you probably recognize my voice because I'm in a lot of these. Yeah, but yes, I'm Grant, uh, he, him, and I am playing a character uh, that I named Agai Guild today, who also uses he, him. Alright, and then we have Violet. Hello, it's me, I'm Violet, I use she, her pronouns. And I will be playing Maxi Moxie, who uses she, her pronouns as well. And then we have Yao. Hello, I am Yao, uh, they, them, and I am playing Victoria Vic Leon, uh, mostly going to be calling her Vic, and she goes by she, her. And last, but certainly not least, Thyle. It's least. Hey, this is Thyle Lassinus, <laughs> or Thyle, or just Peyton if you like names, they, them, please. And I'm playing Bernard Bluff, who also uses they, them. And my pronouns are whatever you feel like, and that will also work with the about 30 characters I'm playing. <laughs> I imagine there will be a, a variety in there. Yeah, there's a few of them. So Beam Saber is a Forged in the Dark style game, which means it's based on... Um, I actually forgot the name of the game. It completely slipping in my mind. Blades in the Dark. Thank you. I couldn't think of the first word. It was just going away for some reason. Uh, Blades in the Dark, which I haven't played yet, but Grant has, and I think someone else in this group has, at least. Two of us have. Technically, I haven't played it. I've played Sea of Dead Men, and I've run Blades in the Dark. Oh, <laughs> you've played it if you've run it. I you know. just playing it. <laughs> I never have to roll dice. That's true. That's true. I just get to punch people in the head. And make a lot of clocks. I love clocks so much. From my understanding of it, it takes my favorite mechanic from Danger Patrol, their little danger clocks, uh, and combines it with Apocalypse World's tiered success rating, although the dice mechanic gets there in a different way entirely. Yeah, that's that's broadly it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's an entirely fair thing to say. This game's about giant robots, so we should now introduce <laughs> both our characters, tell us a little bit about them, and tell us about your cool robot that you have. I went first last time, so I'll do it again. All right. So I mentioned the, the name Agai Guild. Uh, he, he is using the uh, Technician playbook. Uh, for the look, I wrote down Dave Bautista in the opening to Blade Runner 2049, which I don't think is what he actually looks like, more the sense of having a look that doesn't fit in his context, right? Uh, his story is he is just your, your average soldier who participated in a failed mutiny. But, you know, when, when the hammer fell, when the uh, um, punishment came for that, he wound up getting uh, sponsored into a particle physics program and is still in the uh, uh, military that he failed to uh successfully betray it, it doesn't strike him as normal either trust me uh he does not know when the other shoe is going to drop or even what it might look like yeah. but in the meantime he's a particle physicist <laughs> and uh agai pilots uh, a machine called panamax which uh would be hard pressed to be called a mech uh, it is definitely a machine, though. It is all just, like, scaffolding and, and rigging. It looks like one of those cranes they have in, in ports to move the, the big uh, shipping containers on and off of ships. But it's capable of flying in space. <laughs> just imagine one of those, but with the uh, uh, attitude thruster assemblies from, like, the outside of the uh, Apollo craft strapped to, to like certain points it doesn't have life support it doesn't have a face it is definitely towing the line between a mech and just a machine basically a spaceship but it can also go into low orbit and it's more for moving stuff than for like cargo transport 
it it's basically uh, an assembly for you know dry docking and repairing ships that some guns got strapped onto and yeah some control thrusters in order to just go out and be on its own. Well, fun fact: today's mission is in space, so you're gonna have to spend the whole time in a suit. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm used to it. I've got tanks in there; it's fine. Yeah. All right, so Maxi Moxie is uh, the Ace playbook which is when you want to be good at robot. She was originally a squire-at-arms to the lord of house Pyrrhus, who was killed during a surprise assault. Uh, she was given her mech, the knight errant, and given one order, which is take out the enemy coming in on the left flank. She did not do that. She, in fact, failed, which is why Pyrrhus died, which has basically been the thing she's been trying to make up for her whole life, because house Pyrrhus kind of fell apart shortly after... Baron Cypress Pyrrhus died. And she's pretty much just been going at it trying to, to find that mech that hit her on the left flank to, to take them down. And let me tell you, there's a whole write-up about that. I've got a rival, my friends. Well, maybe we'll meet them. Hopefully. Do you want me to get into looks? Because you know I take a while with looks. <laughs> <laughs> I can pause and let other people talk for a bit before I hit looks. <laughs> I mean, you have the floor. Just take it. All right, so... Maxi is a small woman whose body is a mixture of metal and pale skin. Her dark purple hair is swept over the side of her head to conceal some of the sockets on the chrome as well as the ocular injection port, which serves to connect her sight directly to her mech. Her nose is high and long and it would dominate her face if not for the mass of distracting metal everywhere else. Her one eye is brown and dull, usually only sparking with excitement when she's in her mech. She has a high-necked blue military waistcoat in the style of a hussar's waistcoat with silver braiding, and polishes her chrome arms to make sure they match the uniform. On the sides of each of her forearms is the crest of House Pyrrhus, which is the red shape of a crab on a blue backdrop, one of its arms lying at its feet, and it's wielding the other claw menacingly. She wears a set of white trousers, which are surrounded by, surrounded by polished silver rods to help normalize leg, leg structure, after repeated injuries, she has not done a great job of keeping herself safe. Makes sense. And your uniform reminds me, I should mention that, we're all working for the Indigo Empire today. We're uh, all Indigo girls. Which is a military autocracy that likes blue and purple. Uh, the one thing about autocracies, they got great uniforms. Everything else, terrible. Not that the other two groups are that much better, but you yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's being safer. <laughs> Yeah, that. this is the one we picked. This was the best one, actually. <laughs> yeah. Violet, tell me about... Uh, I already forgot the name of your mech because I'm bad at this. The Knight Errant. Yes, there it is. It's it's on the screen, buddy. <laughs> Listen, I have like four notepads open. I got it. Okay. It's a lot of screens. <laughs> uh, the Knight Errant is an irres irresponsibly large humanoid mech, and whoever designed it was clearly of the opinion that the rectangle is the ultimate shape in human history. It is blocky and crude and moves with graceless speed. It is predominantly gray, a mark within House Pyrrhus that the pilot still holds the lowly rank of a squire, but it has streaks of intertwined blue and red along the arms, as, ah, arms and legs, as well as House Pyrrhus's crest clearly patterned on the chest. It wears a billowing dark blue cape and is scratched and scarred from numerous battles. It has another feature, but we'll hear more about that later. We'll be hearing all sorts of features from our robots because of the, the quirk system, which I think is pretty neat. But before we dive into that, let's dive into Vic. Hey, yeah, what's up with Vic? Okay, so Vic is, by the sounds of it, one of the younger pilots in the group because she was originally a college student who was studying at, uh, let's pull a name out of the hat, the uh, Helios Orbital Academy. I'm willing to say you are the youngest person in our squad of four. <laughs> Which no longer exists, by the way, because it was used as a kinetic weapon to land on a ground target. So, uh, yeah, the dormitory facilities just don't exist anymore. They have been dropped. You know, cutbacks. It happens. The Alumni Association was very aggressive about donations this year. Yeah, as a result of that, she has since taken up the, uh, the target of building the uh, the best mech that she can for doing reconnaissance operations and uh, electronic countermeasures primarily for whatever the heck people are willing to hire for because those are the skills that she's got appearance you've got you've got someone who's fairly short here like four foot eight 
spiky pixie bob haircut that is colored pink and basically the rest of her uniform is blue denim and she has on the back of the jacket this thing that says uh, sanitize your inputs and has what looks like a qr code to modernize which is an ar tag if one were to scan that or basically look at it at all with an ar rig of any kind it would change to you didn't sanitize your inputs with this in the middle taking up the entire qr code For those unable to tell, this is a picture of Smudge the Cat with a big smile on his face. Y'all. So you have a meme on your back, but not just any meme, a complicated meme that requires a QR reader. Yes, but everybody has those. (laughs) Like they're attached to your face. Alright, and please tell me about your robot, BP Boy. Okay, so the BP Boy is Vic's custom mech, which, uh... The original idea for this is, what if someone decided to make a gigantic Sony MSX2 and then bolt arms and legs on it, and basically the head is a decoration only? But the problem with that is um, the Sony MSX2 is this lovely uh, black keyboard with a red stripe. That's the wrong livery that belongs to the faction we are probably going to be fighting against. So this one has instead been set up with a gray as the main color and blue for the uh, the decals for seeing what you're actually typing on, if you will. And the stripe is uh, along the arms and legs in the front is made of purple. So also not really a mech. It's, it's a big blocky thing. The keyboard is not actually like on the front surface of the mech. But trust me, that exact keyboard is present on the inside along with two cartridge slots, for reasons. Well, if Vic was the youngest in the group, then I think Bernard is the oldest in the group. Uh, Bernard Bluff, who goes by the professor, is about 5'10", very thin, incredibly pale, and completely hairless, and just wears like a light blue seersucker suit. Yeah, Bernard's history, he used to be a con artist and would move around, basically moving into a town, inventing some kind of crisis, and then selling a solution for it before moving on. Unfortunately, he didn't really know the territory, and there's nowhere really he can go now. He didn't know the territory? I didn't know the territory. No, sir. Well, you talk. Yeah, so I'm just trying to go straight and get a real job, and here I am in the squad, piloting my uh, my robot, which actually might be a mech. It's a Sleipnir, named because in character it sounds cool, out of character. That's the kind of name that someone who doesn't know what they're doing would pick. <laughs> My mech is basically a modified civilian uh, vehicle that resembles a uh, spherical control pop uh, cockpit with, like, four spider legs. It's just heavily modified. So we actually have, like, two real robots and a construction robot and whatever is going on with Beepy Boy. Two robots, (laughs) a forklift, and a keyboard. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be combat operative, so it's fine. (laughs) What? That's not an excuse! (laughs) Don't worry, I'm bad at shooting, but I'm also not supposed to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also realizing we forgot an important part of our squad. Oh? So we're a logistics group. Uh, Your squad is not actually a frontline combatant group. They're meant to get things from A to B. So there. Exactly. Why it's fine that not all of you are combatants. Why is there a combat mech with the non-combat ones? It's because Maxi has repeatedly just completely gotten herself destroyed. <laughs> I am here because I'm irresponsible on the front lines. This is your demotion position. You gotta, you gotta work back up to a combat unit. They don't trust me in one with guns anymore, okay? <laughs> I have a history. Also, logistics group does actually need some weapons because, like, this is a war. Enemy groups will try to take your stuff. Yeah, you have to defend yourself. Yeah. The four of you won't be carrying the stuff. You will be ha- protecting the carriers. Um, so let's get into briefing. All right. So you are currently receiving order from Lieutenant Williams of the Indigo Empire. Um, she's an, a very curt, official-looking noble lady with no time for games, and she is sick of your shit, Moxie. This is a simple operation. We have a vitally important piece of cargo that needs to be delivered uh, from off-planet down to Earth. 
as you all know. Earth, uh, has a problem. The debris field that surrounds it. So we can only get to Earth during very specific and narrow windows of time. Mm-hmm. One such opening is going to be open for a little over an hour, just over South America. We need you to get this, uh, these cargo ships through the atmospheric checkpoint that Overlord LTD has set up where the opening should be, down to Planetside, and then up to New Plymouth, which is uh, in the northeastern part of uh, what used to be the United States. Uh, there you will be handing it over to Dr. Ray. That is the entirety of the mission. Uh, there will be complications, as you may expect. Uh, first off... This is a two-phase operation. Phase one, we'll be getting planet-sized, get through the debris, get through the checkpoint. And phase two will be traveling in Atmos unnoticed from South America up to New Plymouth. Any questions so far? Your ladyship, if we happen to become noticed during the unnoticed part, are we clear to engage in combat? You are clear to engage. Fantastic! Part of the rules of engagement is that you may not initiate conflicts... And you are to maintain secrecy to the best of your abilities. However, part of maintaining secrecy is eliminating witnesses. Mm-hmm. So what's in the box? Uh, that is top secret and above your pay grade. You are merely to make sure it arrives intact, unopened, and undamaged. Mm-hmm. Is it going to shoot us? No, it shouldn't. Are you going to shoot us? Yeah, I might, if you open that bu- container. Alright. That said, it is actually four containers, one of which is much larger than all of your mechs put together, which is saying a lot. Two of which are roughly the size of a Gaia Guild's ship, the Panamax. And one, which is very small, the size of a minivan. If the mission becomes difficult and you require aid, the Alchemist Squad is it within the operating area, but they are on another mission... So if you call for aid, you can expect that they will not arrive immediately. Only call them if necessary and expect to have to hold out if required. Ha! My lady, I'm sure we will bring no such dishonor to our squad and to House Pyrrhus! You have brought much dishonor in the past. Uh, uh, point of order, you need honor first to be dishonored? Mr. Guilds, I will have words with you later. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. I mean, I don't mean to be overly pedantic, but you can have a negative number without a positive number, so I think you can have dishonor before you have honor. I suppose. I've never tried. It's just staying to the background and looking at the cargo every once in a while, trying very, very hard not to scan it. Lastly, because the window to enter Earth from orbit is so narrow, you will not be the only ones going through the checkpoint at this time. You can expect a heavy civilian presence, and word on the wind is that True Light will be heading down there to Earth as well. Uh, avoid them if at all possible. They are the Grand Horizons Execution Squad, and they are bad news. So you sent your secret shipment during rush hour? There is no other hour. <laughs> Alright. If you would prefer, you could attempt to try to get through the debris field... Except no, no you can't do that because this shipment needs to be entirely undamaged. It is too valuable to risk traveling through a meteor swarm. So yes, you will have to slip through during rush hour. Mm-hmm. Do not worry, Mr. Guild. We shall not have to initiate combat. And if they initiate combat, I shall take care of them. Mm-hmm. And then we cut forward to all of you being attacked. <laughs> Finally, a game that does what I want. Constantly dunk on me. So let's go straight to it then, actually. Um, Hell yeah. The opening in the refilled is only open for a limited time. So I'm going to set a quick, well, not a quick, actually the slowest kind of clock. There's an eight point clock for the meteor shower returns. Uh, if you don't get through the checkpoint in time, that will be very bad. Mm-hmm. Agai in Panamax is behind, just trying to, to herd these and keep out of sight. Not exactly out of sight, but more out of mind, because Panamax big. <laughs> yeah, 
And so are these transports. Uh, right. Going entirely unnoticed will be difficult. But but more like, yeah, offering support and, you know, the, the services I can, which are not, you know, uh, uh, being the big cow catcher and shoving things out of the way. At least not yet. I'm definitely in the knight errant's taking point. Yeah, yeah. Looking very much like a military vehicle so that people know, get out of the way. The BB boy is somewhere in the middle of the formation and is mostly there to scan for stuff and make it so that you don't have to try to fight because we'll know where the things that we would have to fight are. I imagine since the Slipner is a modified civilian craft, I could be up ahead scouting for any potential trouble. Well, if you want to start scouting immediately, a scan check would be ideal because True Light is nearby and approaching rapidly. Are, are we going right into it? Because this might be an engagement roll here. Oh, yes. yes. We should definitely do that then. Sometimes you're taking the convoy for a nice stroll, and sometimes you're immediately under attack. Is the mission bold or especially complex? I don't think it's particularly complex. And as the guy so succinctly stated, I think uh, try trying to take a secret convoy through rush hour is pretty bold. Hooray! All right, good. One more die. Does the mission exploit the target's vulnerabilities, or is it ineffective against the target? So, uh, now that we're past mission briefing, I guess you have free reign. What's your strategy for getting through this checkpoint going to be? Yes, the the tactics. Is this an assault, deception, scientific, social, stealth, or transport? I would suggest we uh, call this a transport mission. Yeah, I would say so. Agreed. The, the detail is the route and the means. We have the route, I mean, and the means already defined for us in our briefing as well. So yeah. Yeah. We're going to take these okay. choppers at the the correct time when it's legal to go through here without meteor cops hitting us. Yeah, legal and physically possible, yes. Yeah. Meteors are space cops. That's, listen, you can't trust I them. mean, there are still space <laughs> cops you have to get through that will not be happy because they're working for Overlord LTD, your direct competitors, and the company that Indigo is trying to destroy. It's fine. So yes, does this mission exploit the target's vulnerabilities, then? and Or is the mission's tactic ineffective against the target? It's certainly not ineffective. I don't think this is, is exploiting a vulnerability if they have, like... They know when this hour is. They have checkpoints. They have security. Yeah. They're trying to defend the planet Earth from galactic invaders, a.k.a. you. This isn't us sneaking through the meteors where they would be vulnerable, because they're like, nah, meteors got it. So that's a neutral? Does the squad receive external support for the mission, uh, and is anyone interfering with the mission? The second one is true, because True Light is here to interfere. Yeah, it sounds okay. like Horizon's got to be in their bonnet. Um... They're not here to interview with you directly, but uh, they will be in the way. Mm -hmm. And external support, you do have a squad, the Alchemists, that you can call on if you need help. Fantastic. But you, does it count? I think that counts. I think it counts. All right, yeah. then we're still at two dice so far. Are there any other factors that affect the mission? Take plus one for each that benefits the squad and minus one if it hinders them. This might include differences in tier, specialized equipment, unusual terrain. It's the catch-all question. Yeah. I will say right now that the True Light Squad is a couple tiers above you and would be very dangerous to take on, but they're not also the target, which is roughly equal in tier to you. Um, so I don't think that helps or hinders. They're just scary and you should not fight them if you can help it. Okay, it sounds like we're rolling two dice on our engagement roll. Yeah. I think so. Let's keep it simple. Got a five. We begin in a risky position. Always good. So risky position, which honestly sounds right, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of a risky scenario. There's a lot going on that could go bad, and I should silence my phone. What does that mean for the starting condition we're dealing with? So yes, please paint us a picture of a risky opening to this mission. Okay. You all came from a space sta station, because Indigo has a lot of those. They're a galac intergalactic empire, as I've mentioned before. Their stake in this mission, well, not this mission, your mission specifically, their stake in this war that this mm -hmm. mission is part of, is that Overlord LTD has been pushing back against them, and they just want to crush them and get them out of the way. Uh, Overlord LTD, your opponents in this mission, uh, are the current owners of Earth. A corporatocracy that, well, basically arose from the oil barons of distant past and has exploited the Earth for all it's worth and would like to continue to do so. Man, science fiction is wild. I know, right? 
they have been trying to venture more into the stars recently, which is what the Indigo Empire is angry about and wants to crush them and just get them out of the way. Meanwhile, there is a rogue operative here with the Grand Horizon, a theocracy that is based on based on the belief that stars are holy and all the light touches should belong to them. They're kind of weird and high-minded, and they have a lot of little space stations. They don't really have any planets of their own, but they want planets. And they don't have a central base, so they want Earth to be their central base. And that's the war situation. Mm-hmm. On this three-way war where two sides are against Overlord, Overlord is against both, and then also Grand Horizon and the Indigo Empire aren't exactly happy with each other either, because they're both at odds with each other. And that brings us to the space checkpoints. You were launched from a space station, along, and you can see several civilian ships that had been waiting in orbit for this opening, basically. Mm-hmm. But civilian ships means that they are Overlord LTD ships. So they're not exactly friendly, but they're also not armed, so you can probably discount them. They're not good, but they're not bad for you either. But coming from the moon is a heavily armed mech squad from Grand Horizon with their fancy, angelic, bird-like mechs. Uh, they've got like a divinity th- theme going on with a divinity and sky theme, basically. Lots of glowing lights and blues and whites. And you can tell that the front of the ship, or the front unit of their group, is uh, a destroyer class, the Starbreaker, which is a very bad ship to get on the bad side of. It is stronger than all of you. (laughs) The only one of you that might stand a chance in a battle is the Knight Errant, and even then it would be risky. Y'all at home couldn't see it, but I gave a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) That is the situation, is that they have started rocketing towards the checkpoints, And, like, you could let them go first and slip in after, but you are on a time limit. So what do y'all do? Hey, uh, Professor, what's it look like up there? What are you seeing? Oh, I guess I better do a scan to figure that out, huh? Yeah. You could learn about the checkpoint and what's supporting the Starbreaker over there. Um, Which would you like to scan first? I think checkpoint first. Definitely checkpoint. All right. Would you like some help with that? I don't have any points in scan, so help would be nice. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear heck yeah <laughs> I'm right. the ideal person to take point I'm wondering if I should be the one doing the, the actual scan check and you're helping by being forward yeah it's you're the one with the good equipment I'm kind of the spotter up ahead telling you where to direct it so I'm helping you that way so I got two points and you can take a stress to pump it to three Sounds okay good. the Slipnir is helping by being a forward recon unit while uh, PP Boy does the scan. Alright, Vic, roll those 3d6. And that's a 4. Alright. Um, so I think that was standard effect risky position. Yes, I should say that before the roll. You're just doing a standard scan, nothing fancy. As You didn't use anything fancy that I could tell. No, this is just standard sensors and using uh, Sleepnear's forward scan to give us some picture. And uh, a four is the middle option, which gives either partial success or something goes awry. Yes. I think at this point, the complication would be that the Slipnir was noticed by the checkpoint. Oh, dear. You have alerted them. They are not focusing on you, but you have been, they have been alerted. So I am going to add a clock for the checkpoint is aware of you. More clocks. More clocks. All right. We are one-fourth of the way to the checkpoint being alerted. Oh, no. So the scan, however, still worked. The checkpoint at its basics is there are a bunch of uh, Cyclops drones, which are little floating mono-eyed landmines that are spread out everywhere that isn't where the checkpoint is. Um, if you attempt to fly through them, they will lock on and fly straight towards you and then explode as a self-guided missile. Mm-hmm. The checkpoint itself has three scanners that are these big things that you fly through, and so the Overlord LTD operatives can see what your cargo is before you go planet side. And those checkpoints are guarded by three mechs, one of which, uh, Slepnir, is registered as the Gungnir, and seems to be the exact same model as your ship. 
Interesting. Oh, that's improbable. I mean, you said it was a civilian model. Yeah, it's just pretty heavily modified. Yeah, yeah, your ships look different. It's the same model. Okay, I missed the part, sorry. Similar ship. It's also a spider bot. Four legs with an orb body. Uh, probably a different loadout than you, but that, you know, that's how it is. Uh, there's also an ar- a sniper artillery bot that's way behind the checkpoint, so if anything tries to rush through, they'll open fire. And in front of the checkpoints um, is a tanky-looking robot. Similar-ish to the Knight Errant, kind of blocky, tanky, but a completely different model. It's an indigo thing. Or it's not an indigo one like yours, it's some overlord tech. Alright, folks, what's the play? Are we just gonna sit and wait in line? Not make waves? Mr. Guild, you were paying more attention than me, I'm sure, during the briefing. Did the lieutenant say anything about whether these crates would set off the scans? We're not supposed to look at the crates. We're not supposed to know anything about the crates. We're supposed to die for the mystery of the crates, Ms. Moxie. I'm not even allowed to look inside of them. I have things that don't open them and can look inside of them, which means those could too, unless these are really heavily armored. Uh, only got time for one thing or another, huh? Yeah, you could be certain going through those checkpoints would probably uh be bad. <laughs> sure feels that way. Well, I hate traffic anyhow. We're going under. Um, pardon, pardon me, what do you mean by that? Where, which way's under? It's three-dimensional, pick one. And, uh, Agai is going to, uh, I'm gonna roll, uh, manipulate? Yeah. Uh, and just, like, bodily grab, uh, the closest one, T1, in just the, the great arms of Panamax, uh, to, to, Grab it like a big old space football and start taking it toward the surface. Okay. T1 is the small one. Yeah. It's like the size of a minivan. You can just pick, scoop it up in your hand. I got big hands. Oh, you're talking about the robot. Yeah. You're describing like doing like a football hug. I feel like you'd need to do that with the bigger ones. You could hold this one handed pretty easy. I should probably take T1. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll take T2 then, or, or two or three, one of the mid-sized ones, just because I can. Sounds good. I, I want to use manipulate, that this is the, the ship uh, uh, action to, like, finally manipulate things with, with deft control. Yeah. But what sort of effect w- would you give me for this? Well, your ship is specifically built for moving things. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're trying to just, like pick up the cargo vessel and protect it with your body so that way any damage that would go to it goes to you instead um, while you fly through, which is what it sounds like you're trying. Yeah. I'm going to give you increased effect because that's a particularly effective strategy for getting the cargo through. Actually, wait. Real quick question. Are you planning to just fly through the minefield? I mean, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Then this is one level above risky. This is not risky. This is dangerous. This is desperate. Desperate, yeah. Desperate, great. I have a question. That's the way I roll. Yes? Could I suggest a setup action where I will will give you a better position with my action? Please do. Mr. Guild, if you go below, they'll simply spot you. Let me go through first. (laughs) And I'm going to make directly for the mines because you you said that turns them on. Gets them going. Gets them following. Going to draw them away. That is true. Once they have detonated attempting to blow you up, that will leave an opening in the minefield for a guy to fly through. can't be a mine twice. If I survive this, at least she won't. This is the best day ever. <laughs> Alright. Make a desperate maneuver check. Um, with standard effect. Alright. Um, uh, do I want great effect? Yes, I do. So I'm going to spend one of my load to invoke that I have a fine mobility suite. So this right. is going to be desperate great at 3d6. Um, do I want to push myself? Maybe, but first... Uh, what's that collateral die? What's that on offer? Uh, the GM or any player can suggest a collateral die for t- uh, pilot taking an action. Here are some possible bargains. Collateral damage, unintended harm, sacrifice supplies or an item, betray a friend or loved one, offend or anger <laughs> a faction, start and or tick a troublesome clock. Suffer harm. Have a rival show up unexpectedly. Ah, uh, okay. It's like music. This is um clearly drawing a lot of attention from the checkpoint 
because you're just flying through the minefield that they have set up. Yep. So I think if you want the collateral die, I can just increase that alert by one tick. Ah, oh, hmm. You know what? I love hearing that. Sounds good. That is now halfway ticked. Uh, and will might be fully ticked by this roll, depending on how your roll goes. Viewer at home, I'm going to give you the secret clue, the hot exclusive. See, in a desperate position, a clock ticks up by three. So there's <laughs> no difference! Oh, dear. <laughs> Advanced gameplay! Alright. That is a big five. Four, one, five, three. So, that is a success with a desperate consequence. Yes! <laughs> Fuck me up, fam. Uh, take a level three harm as your ship explodes. Oh, I sure. love it. I love when my ship explodes. A bunch of mines detonate upon your body. So, I'm going to try and resist this. Would this be a acuity or expertise? Expertise, for sure. They're homing missiles, so they're hard to dodge. That means it's time to increase my expertise. As the lovely knight errant starts heading towards these mines, it's going to do a thing. Specifically, it is going to wrap itself in its cape and then cast it aside dramatically. All ranged combat capabilities have removed and the ranged weapons that, you know, those are the weapons of cowards. The Knight Errant is no longer a dull gray, but a shining silver. Its blocky limbs have become long and sleek, allowing it to move with the grace as a dancer as it wields a massive sword. The only blot on its elegance is at the end of a neck, which is just composed of a jumble of exposed cable and pipes where a head was once on a on a set of shoulders. It is the Knight Errant no longer, but in this form, Maxi calls it the glory of revenge, and I have a lovely three acuity. Which means it only costs me one quirk to resist. So I'm going to take my quirk. Uh, let's go with Battle Scarred. My mech has taken hits before and it shall take them again. Alright, so with your fancy flourish, it sounds like your cape got exploded a whole bunch and you somehow <laughs> made it through with only a lot more scratches. So that was a level three? Yes, that would have been three harm. Level yeah, three harm. So, is the resistance, you know, it is, it is your call as the... It can either be a downgrade or a full resistance. Okay. I think I'll downgrade to two, because that was a lot of bombs. You just blew up a, t- a bunch. You just took a bunch of hits. That was a, of a lot of bombs. Uh, I'm going to use two more of my load to have armor, which by by default, the game suggests that it resists two, uh, three for more lighthearted games, and one for more grim games. So that's that's up to you. I'm fine with going with the standard. All right. The glory of revenge, just a bunch of explosions peter around it. It's totally fine. The damage you took was your cape got blown up, and now you have even more scuffs in your paint job, but no one would notice because you had so many before. As that was a setup action, does it, so now there is a... a now there's a very big opening. Yeah, a, um, a roughly me-sized hole in the minefield. <laughs> so yes. Since, since that was great effect, that probably is going to give you a nice controlled position. I think so. Yeah, that sounds good. Hell yes. Okay. Uh, is is anybody want to help me start moving these uh, down, or am I on my own? Yes, I think I'd like to grab another one. Do we want to do this as a group action? They can all fly themselves through, but uh, a guy is mm-hmm. taking. I think you could. You're big enough that you could take the tier two, the T two, and the T three with you. Heck yeah! Meanwhile, you described the T one as the size of a minivan. Yeah. Beepy Boy is only a little bit bigger than that. Probably about on <laughs> yeah. par with a small trailer semi-truck. Well, I think since I have the smallest robot, I will take you the, uh, the larger You have little robots. <laughs> That's okay. I, I think m- my contribution to this is not so much that I'm assisting it in moving, more that I'm radioing ahead with, like, urgent cargo out of the way, we're coming through! Sounds <laughs> yes. good. Yes, yeah. that is fair. Makes sense. Perhaps it will take you. The, 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 the spatial equivalent of just laying on the horn to get people out of the way. So after that stunt that uh, a guy pull, oh no! First, first that was a setup action. So a guy make your roll to try to get through. This is a group action, and uh, I said I was using manipulate in order to to get these things down yeah. safely. Sounds yes. Good. So the the three of us will be uh, manipulate uh, rolling manipulate. I'll be the leader. The way this works is that the highest roll between the three of us is the thing that counts. 
But for everybody who gets one to three as their result, I, uh, since this is a vehicle action, have to burn a quirk. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, how does how does burning quirks work normally? Do you can you effectively push yourself by using a quirk? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You also use quirks rather than stress when pushing yourself on a vehicle action. Yes. Okay. I think I'm going to activate my powerful legs on this thing and activate uh, the rocket thrusters in order to pick this thing up and move it quickly. Okay. I failed on my D1. Somebody better, you know... Do it right. <laughs> this is why I did that thing, because I want to have oh, two dice. Oh boy. Oh boy. I believe I got the same result. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> I oh would like goodness. to note <laughs> I would like to note that your job was to move some boxes, <laughs> and you did worse at it than I did at running into mines. Oh, oh boy, my goodness. Oh boy. So all three of them Scam. failed their role. That is a three, so three, a two, and a one. Consequence with no success. Yes. However, it's controlled, so I don't feel too bad. Also, you take three stress. I, I was trying to start to say a thing, but one of the robots was alerted. Uh, so I'm going to take the controlled consequence and increase the checkpoint alert to three. And so you failed to get through because one of those robots saw the explosions and moved in to cover the, the territory. So as you get closer, there is now um, the surprisingly fast tanky robot which the erudite among you would know as the TRL Koshe is the model. It is a very fast, tanky robot. That's its job. <laughs> oh dear. It's there to protect things, and which is why it's here today. Crochet, I would caution you to mind your steps. Your minds assaulted me, and they did not fare so well. She is actually going to radio ahead to, I guess, your whole squad. You all get this message. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello, this is uh, Private Crescent calling in. You attempted to breach unauthorized and will be destroyed if you do not retreat immediately. I repeat, you will be destroyed and we will open fire if you do not retreat immediately. But I have to burn three of my, my vehicle quirks, oh dear. So I'm burning multiple control rooms. I'm not sure that's true right now. <laughs> after after that hit, slow and heavy, that is no longer going to be able to be called on because, boy, that was the problem, wasn't it? And <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to say the same for the no life, uh, no life support quirk. Well, none of you exploded. You just now have the attention of the checkpoints. One more tick hmm. will have all three of them on you right now, uh... Just one of them is trying to stop you. I'm thinking maybe in the chaos of all this movement, it might be prudent to, I don't know, make it so that they think we're not here anymore and give the illusion that we are retreating. You want to attempt to lie? Oh, I want to attempt to lie to their sensors, that's for sure. So I'd like to attempt to, uh, to infiltrate and basically hack into their sensors and create that illusion. If you're trying to confuse their sensors, I think that would be an interface check. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and tap the hack rig and the stealth program on the vehicle so that I can hide the fact that I'm doing this in the first place. So you're, attacking, you're hacking Private, Crescent, Private Crescent's Koshay to befuddle her sensors. All right. I have interface 2. Stealth program hides what I'm doing. Uh, the hack rig potentially... It either lets me do this in the first place, or it, or it gives me greater effect. I'm going to leave that up to you, because I haven't read the rules closely enough. So gear usually gives you either improved positioning or improved effect, depending on yes. which okay. the GM thinks is more appropriate. Dice is specifically from, like, assistance, pushing yourself, okay. or collateral. I think collateral. this will stay risky position, um, but you can have greater effect from your hacking rig. If this works, you might just entirely shut down her robot. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, someone can can give um, assistance effectively. The thing about by all three of these retreat. robots is they're all pretty standard, like civilian mechs. They aren't. They're technically in a military, but Overlord LTD doesn't make a lot of military robots, so they're civilian mechs with guns on them. Okay. Well, for the sake of uh, getting a little extra boost, I think I will activate another quirk, unless someone wants to stop me on that one. And I'm going to activate redundant redundancies in order to activate the other set of antenna. So 
So that'll give you three dice to work with. If someone wants to help by lying to them, that could also potentially help out. Oh, you said lying can help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I know something about that. I'm, I'm going to assist by getting on the radio and just... If, if I say a single thing that makes sense or is true, then I will be stunned. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. basically you're going to befuddle them while I do this. That's just the way all my characters behave, so yeah. Tap one stress, and I get four dice on this one. Maybe one of them will actually be good this time. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, that's a success. Two, three, four, that's, five. That's I love a, a two, three, four, five in order. That's beautiful. Five means success with uh, a risky consequence. Yep. The risky consequence is I think those meteors are going to start getting closer. You're running out of time. Oh dear. We're at three-eighths of the way there, because I ticked it up once earlier when I wasn't... or Because we just took a while. Yeah. Pro tip for traveling, uh, do not try to drive in a hailstorm. Uh, this is basically <laughs> that, but bigger. Yeah, it's like that, except the hailstorms are the size of your car. That works, though. I think with the great effect, you actually did uh, shut off her robot. Like, entirely. You meant to disable the sensors, uh, which bas- which means, well, you did that. She is completely blind, cannot detect anything. Which is bad when you're sitting in the middle of a minefield. Uh, so she isn't, like, gonna move until she can get those back online, and you just re-secured your opening. Alright. Do not worry, Private Crescent, you are safer because I absorbed the mines. You're welcome! Agai is abandoning the Panamax and uh, going to just jump over to one of these mines and start tinkering with it. Oh no. <laughs> That is an absolutely crazy thing to do, uh, and sounds awesome. Oh, like it's safer inside this robot. <laughs> what do you want to do with the robot? Well, they're clearly not targeting uh, uh, sentries working the checkpoint. That's true. I'm going to change that. I'm gonna <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, why not? I, I want to use engineer on this. I think that's the, the most okay. fitting. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Go with and I'm gonna I'm gonna push myself. I'm gonna take a, a stress on this to get up to three dice. It is too stressed to push yourself up. Uh, well, I'm gonna do it, yeah. so I get my three dice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is my uh, uh, position and uh, uh, effect on this? I think we're maintaining risky position. Okay. I don't think the effect is very good though, because like you're using the right tools mm. for the job, but you're also at the wrong scale. You're not supposed to do this on the robot. <laughs> These are AI-controlled minds that have their programming put in before they're even assembled. They're not meant to be redirected or reprogrammed. They're meant to just explode once. They're very simple. What's the the lesser effect? Limited effect. If somebody could give me assistance and we count that as greater effect rather than an extra die, I'd appreciate it. That's a thing you could do. I studied well enough to know how to build this thing I'm in. I must have at least picked up a thing or two about these mines, so I'm going to point out where the access panel is to you, so that you can just hurry up to uh, the section that you need to be able to break into. Oh, and you're going to need uh, this size, uh, five millimeter. Got an eight-year-old telling me how to read a schematic. Fantastic. <laughs> That's a six! Hey! All right. Six by four. And you wanted to reprogram the mines to target the checkpoint yes this is about to get extremely chaotic very quickly but it's going very well for us for once <laughs> well first it worked let's start there. yes it did let's now let's go with the problems with of having it work <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that you made it expand its targeting to include the nearby robots while you were on the moving missile mine yeah i don't see a problem here <sighs> well good luck not exploding True Light is also about to arrive at the checkpoint, because they have been moving forward this whole time. Uh, and it looks like they aren't slowing down or going to honor the checkpoint in the first place. And we're probably going to slam right through it, except now there's a whole cavalcade of fucking explosions everywhere. Um, <laughs> You're welcome! Can someone help me? <laughs> I I'll, I'll get you off the missile, it's fine. Thank you! <laughs> Yeah, Thyle, can you give me a manipulate, or what, not manipulate, is, is that the term? Would it be maneuver or manipulate? Oh yeah. I think you can use either for this. Yeah. 
manipulate in order to go get a guy off of the missile without squishing him. Oh, this sounds fun. So I'm, I'm, so I'm grabbing somebody off of a missile that's probably headed toward me. Yes. I love this. Yeah. Just uh, a word of best practices. The, the action used is down to the player ultimately. Oh, GMs, okay. of course, are free to suggest, but... Got it. Uh, yeah, manipulate or maneuver would both be fine, probably. But if you have a better suggestion, go for it. This does remind me that there is something I think we might have missed. Um, were we going to decide which of those logistics abilities we're going to take? Oh, Renegade. Uh, you all get plus one to one of those three stats that I don't have the list on me right now. Perfect. That puts my maneuver at two points. Hooray. Heck yeah. Okay. And because I am the person who learned this system this morning, if I have two points in that, would that be 3d6? That's that 2d6. 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 The points are exactly the dice you roll. Uh, and this will be standard effect risky position. One and a three. Oh, boy. Can I... I was. I didn't want to interrupt, but I was planning to assist in my own rescue. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, it'd be real bad if you didn't. Um, hey, yeah. guys, just like, nah, I got this, and flies directly into atmosphere. Oh, so you know me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if, if you're assisting, I'll, I'll increase the chances I won't fail. No. Nope. Uh, well, it didn't matter. <laughs> oh, gosh. One, it's, three, is, three. Uh, total failure. Well, I mean, that fits with his character. He's a con man who doesn't have any, any actual skills. Yeah, which is bad. <laughs> so, a guy, you are on a missile heading straight towards the checkpoint. How do you not die from this? I let go. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> All right. Rocket science. And then Slipnir tried to pick you up in space and I guess failed. Yeah, yeah. So I'm floating at something very, very similar to the missile's uh, uh, trajectory and speed, because that's how space works. Yes. But <laughs> Which is very bad if somebody doesn't <laughs> pick you up real soon. Which is very, very bad. Yeah. Especially considering open war just started, as you see True Light open fire on the checkpoint. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, the Starbreaker has some sort of, like, plasma cannon that cuts right through one of the checkpoint gates and just melts a hole in it. Can uh, I land on the plasma cannon? That's probably a roll, but that's what I intend to do. <laughs> you'd like to land on the Starbreaker itself? I would like to land on the Starbreaker, yes, Sounds excuse good. me. I have, I have one quick point I'd like to bring up first. Mm -hmm. So, before the mission, we did not set our pilot loads. Oh, yeah, probably a good <laughs> thing to do. I've been going as if we've been normal, which is five maximum load, and I've currently marked two of that. But, oh, uh, Panamax rolls heavy, baby. You know it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so like, this, I don't know this what is else for our roll. specific pilots. Like, the vehicle's load is determined when you make your vehicles. So, Maxi is right. going light, because if Maxi's out of the mech, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> I'm not in my mech, so those actions don't work. Um, struggle? Finesse? Let's see. Finesse is like hand-eye coordination. Struggle is meant to be like a close quarters fight, but honestly feels really good for this. It does? Okay. Then I'll take struggle, because I have a point in that. <laughs> Looking at the lists, that would be it. <laughs> I want this to work real bad, so if you've got an idea for a collateral die, I want to take it, and I also want to push myself both. Well, the checkpoint alert is no longer relevant. I think the collateral will be that you're going to get True Light's attention. Would you like some assistance? I'm I'm currently up to 3d6, and I feel okay. <laughs> Past experience would say not to feel okay about 3d6. I listen, I'll, if you want it, just say it. I'll give it to you. I don't, I'd love to see what you have in mind for helping this free-floating, uh, just very depressed man. First, what we're going to get is we get a bit of a flashback to, to, to Maxi oh, Moxie fuck yeah. with, um, with Lieutenant Williams just sitting... And, like, this is after everybody else has left. And Maxie is just going, if someone, theoretically, and, like, Williams is just rubbing her temples, were to attack the checkpoint with a cruiser, and I went in, is that initiating combat? And the very annoyed Lieutenant Williams just goes, no, fine, you can attack a cruiser. <laughs> this isn't a cruiser, but it is close enough for your definitions. Yes, we, we immediately cut back to, like, the second the cruiser fires, Maxi just, like, bursts into a gigantic grin, realizing that she is now allowed to co to, co to combat. And I am flying directly at this group, 
basically drawing their attention away so that nobody is doing anything to interfere with Agai as this tiny man who can't possibly matter. And and hopefully, like, pulling them into his trajectory. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so that sounds like 46. What is the... I'm, I'm going to roll it without you saying, uh, re- regardless of uh, yeah. what you say the position and... and... Uh, effect is but i want to know them all the same i think there's a standard effect and a desperate position <laughs> you know i think you're right <laughs> i got a five though a five. i got you a, did five. Get a five so uh you you succeed in that you land on the the vehicle um so the starbreaker isn't a cruiser it's a it's a mech it's um a proper war machine two arms two wings uh which is the standard angelic look of the horizon war machines and i think you land directly on that plasma cannon which isn't great because it's very hot and you hit it kind of hard and there's nowhere to get like in the ship from here so you're just kind of clinging to the outside of this war robot that is now in a conflict so you're still in a bad place but you're no longer hurtling through space to your potential death so yeah i'm just gonna uh radio on on our like uh encrypted channel that i'm sure uh, has been set up for us by Vic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, this is this is Riverbank. I've got a ride. Just just do the mission. I'm fine. Are you sure? Because that sure as heck sounds like the induction coil of a plasma cannon that's being fired. All right, I'm gonna pretend like you're breaking up, but I just don't want to hear you anymore. Do the mission. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, Maxi Moxie, now that you have brought the glory of revenge into combat. With the true light. Hello, it's me. So there is a large war mech, the same size and scale as yours, but much better equipped and much better repaired. Like it doesn't have a scratch on it. It looks like it's uh, regularly maintained, which is weird. Cowards, they have no marks of valor. (laughs) They're also flanked by a pair of Phoenix warrior drones. Cowards, they would fight three on one. This is ten on one. Cowards! <laughs> There's also six Star Raptors. Each of the Phoenixes has a four hit point clock. The Starbreaker itself has an eight clock because it is very tough. And there's also a six clocks for the Star Raptor where each hit on it destroys one of them. Because uh-huh. they're they're the the mooks, the goons, the baby backup. So small. However, all of them have strong enough weapons that they could destroy your ship. So, you know, you just dove into a very bad situation. Have fun. Importantly, they're looking at me. They're not looking at the transports. Yeah, in the meantime, though, uh, we just spent a lot of time with Moxie and a guy. Hey, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this whole situation, and I've been hanging back for a bit. It occurs to me, a guy managed to hack into one of those mines. So question number one is, is that mine still around, or did it already explode? Oh, that, that mine exploded. <laughs> Actually, I think Aww. all the mines are gone. I should remove all yeah. of them. Aww. Yeah, we got through that minefield. Yeah, I, I was going to use them in order to uh, to cause some additional havoc so that we could get a path through. Though, I'm starting to think that the proper solution at this point is to potentially ignore true light from my perspective and just get the transports through the hole before we run out of, you know, not hailstorm time. You were told to ignore them. That was part of the mission parameters. What options do I have for, like, directing these transports? Are these automated or are there people in them? There are actually people in them. They fly themselves. The football tactic was actually entirely unnecessary, but it was funny, so I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, okay. Does anybody have command as, as an action that you have points in? Negative. Let me tell you about my pilot action ratings. <laughs> I have, have one. one. <laughs> you have one in engineer and nothing else because yep. you're able to dump it all onto your vehicle. So, okay, command is out. If you want a suggestion for how to get them through the checkpoint, I feel like if you could cause a distraction, they could get through pretty easily because right now a war just broke out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, nobody's watching, and there's also no automatic mines, so, like, they're pretty well clear. You don't even have to go through the checkpoint. Just hit the gas. The checkpoint is being fucked up, and all the space around it is open because uh, the teamwork of Moxie and a guy cleared the minefield. Best friends forever. Fuck you. Uh, 
I do have something I think rather simple that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. To uh, reunite a guy with the Panamax. <laughs> That's probably a good goal. Um, because if you want, the, eventually. But in the meantime, I'm fine. Well, I'm fine. I know, but it's we have to keep track of our stuff, you know? <laughs> well, because the Panamax is the largest vehicle and I am the smallest... I know the Panamax doesn't have a life support system. Would it be reasonable to say I could pilot my robot inside, or would I have to get out? No, that rules. I think the Slepnir <laughs> yes. is totally small enough to pilot uh, the Panamax. Oh, I love the idea of it, like, looping its uh, four legs through the scaffolding and becoming a backpack. Basically, I want to yeah. use my ship to drive that ship, and I'm just going to line up a shot with its crane extended out. So it goes right by the uh, ship a guy is on. Nice, nice. And of course, he's on the most dangerous ship in this entire figurative room. Yes, uh, that's why I, I better not mess up this roll like I've messed up every other roll so far. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> well, I mean, I figured this sounds like a maneuver to me because I'm piloting this thing, I'm lining it up, and I have a decent maneuver. Okay. Would me setting up the distraction help with that too? Yeah, I think the distraction would help with that if BP Boy wants to do that first. I do have one in mind. It's kind of a stupid thing, but it's going to let me actually use a few things finally. No matter how stupid it is, it can't be as dumb as the opening gambit of this mission of flying into the <laughs> minefield. There are so many things we have done wrong. Um, I'm not sure how wise it is for me to use a third quirk right now, but whatever. It's parody with with a guy. Uh, I'm going to use my hot swappable motion data, and I'm going to slap in one for... The uh, the Knight Errant, or the Glory of Revenge as it is right now, but the Knight Errant is the one that had all the long-range weapons. So what are you trying to do to the Glory? I'm spending two stress in order to have that motion data. So now I'm on three dice. Uh, what have you had on offer for that collateral? Uh, I think collateral right now is that the meteors are going to be coming faster. Worth it. All, all right, right, let's do this. So four dice. You are most of the way through, and the meteors are only halfway here, so I think your timer is still going to be fine, uh, unless things go very badly. Well, we got a five. Let's see what that does for us. So what, I'm, what I want this to do is I'm taking the single missile pod that I had available, and I'm firing, like, half of the salvo I had. Actually, is this just one rack? I might be using all of them. But what I'm doing with them is I'm launching them forward, giving them a small kick, and then once they get to the midpoint of that melee, I'm having them fire in every direction at once, as if they had come from both sides. Okay, so you're using it to basically distract the whole fight with a bunch of random explosions that they can't account yes. for. Mm-hmm. And make them think it's coming from either other side. Um, since you had uh, five, I'm going to give the true light attention up to... Uh, but they still haven't, they haven't reached four yet. They're not focused on you guys at all yet. None of them are. Uh, they're annoyed with you, but they are not considering you the main threat. They're still after the tower and the Gungnir, the two main Overlord LTD ships that are at the checkpoint. So that lets us get a little closer and creates more distraction. That will lower the position that Bernard was in. So the professor, yep. you are now working with a controlled situation. Okay, so... For standard effect to try to save a guy... Get him in his ship. Okay, and just reiterating, um, as a result of that, you know, distraction, I do not increase the die count, correct? No. Okay, This is cool. making no. it so that way if you screw up, it won't be nearly as bad. Oh, that's no fun. <laughs> well, I got a six. Well, you got a six. You got a six. Hey, someone can roll sixes. And I, I think <laughs> the way this works, because it has to be dramatic, is I don't pilot it exactly well enough, so I have to climb my robot out of the cockpit to the end of the crane and hold mm-hmm. on and extend one of my spider's legs. I had a very fun idea for a consequence, but you know what? This is better. So he rolled a six. No consequences. A guy, you cling on to the slip deer's uh, spider leg and it takes you away back to your ship. Yeah, as soon as, you know, my, my grip is secured on this leg and, and I... Uh... I'm sure that I'm not going to slip off into the abyss of space. I, I just like put my finger to the comm button. Like, so good job putting my only possession in the world into the middle of this fight with all the explosions. Great. Thanks. I appreciate your help. No problem. <laughs> well, you still don't have the true light's attention 
And the other group's attention, the Hell's Angels was actually the name of the squad guarding the checkpoint, which is so woefully outclassed for how cool their name is. Um, <laughs> their their attention on you is completely irrelevant. They have their hands full entirely. Uh, they are outmatched and being destroyed. Did you at least get all the transports down? I think right now the transports are actually on their way past the checkpoints. Oh, thank goodness. They're taking advantage of the distraction to move past. Now we just need to get all of you out of there. Oh, boy. Do we want to make this a group maneuver to try and just get out of here in one fell swoop? That seems like a fair option. Sure, who's leading the maneuver? It should probably be somebody who still has some uh, stuff left to spend. I do not have the quirks available to burn if this goes badly. And I forget how breakdown works if I overdo my quirks. I think the one with the best maneuver out of our whole squad is um, the Slepnir. Okay, so the Slepnir is leading on this one? Yeah, I suppose so. And you yeah. already succeeded, so the worst that'll happen is you'll get quirks if we roll one, two, or three. Or they'll burn out of me. So that's a failure, sorry. I've got zero maneuver, so uh, it's the lower of these two. It's the three, not the five. I rolled a th- okay. I failed... Well, I got another three, so... Everybody got threes except for Moxie. I think how we're going to do this is all of you can burn a quirk and we'll get away with it. Because Violet still managed to somehow succeed for all of you. Okay. Uh, okay. Because you're in pitched combat. <laughs> this is representing you getting away with the minimal damage. So my blocky armor and shell just got tapped and now it's just blocky. <laughs> That is Panamax's fourth quirk. They've all been exhausted. So I'm going to take the option to just send the vehicle limping home quietly. I assume we have a a base somewhere around here that we're heading to? There are some bases on planet, uh, one of which is you're trying to get to, but there's probably a closer one that you can just drop off the Panamax. I'm dropping it. I'm staying in Slepnir. It is just choking out black smoke. I'm sorry, my last quirk also just got tapped, so... Oh, good. (laughs) I guess we're gonna set down together. And this was just phase one of the mission. So, with phase two, I think we're gonna have to have you two pick up new mechs to do the second part of the mission. Hell yeah. Uh, Which will probably be substandard, standard issue indigo mechs, so have fun. It was not a great time up in space today. Somehow you have so far succeeded at your mission with flying colors. None of the cargo has been damaged or looked at. Professor, can you uh, put me in one of the, the cargo ships? It's a little cramped quarters in here until I uh, until we get a resupply. You want to go? It's not an insult. I don't mean anything by All it. Right, I see the way it is. Which one you want? Which one you like better? Uh, dealer's choice. I, I'm just going to land and settle on the T4 craft. Thank you, sir. And then the group of you head planet side, where we will catch up in the second half of this bonus feed. Uh, Good night, folks. Good night. Good night.